When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. Join me for tales of the paranormal, cryptids, UFOs, spooks, spectres and ghosts. We'll have interviews, stories, theories and musings and maybe just a sprinkling of spine-tingling terror. Don't forget to please email me your experiences at paranormalorwhatpodcast at outlook.com or you can record your story straight onto the Anchor platform at anchor.fm forward slash paranormal or what podcast forward slash message. The reason I'm doing the podcast is to get to know like-minded people. People like you. Because together, we can figure it out. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening. Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic episode of The Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by the man with no wings, but wishes he had wings, my co-host, Mr. Josh Rutledge. What's up, sir? You know, I can. I believe I can fly. Well, only if I clap hard enough. I believe I can touch the sky. I, I believe in apple pie. I think about it every <laughs> Every night and day, don't you can't you can't sing R. Kelly anymore. It's against oh, okay. the law. It's not. You know, it's not it, allowed. It makes you yellow. Oh, <laughs> mm, think about that one, folks. Yeah, uh, really. Anyways, okay. we've got a fun show tonight, Josh. We are talking about a really neat subject, something that uh, you have had a growing interest in. I've always had an interest in, but didn't realize 
to think about the rest of the place. So tonight we're going to be talking about fae or fairy from around the world. Um, you know, we 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 think a lot when we think immediately fairy, we think of Europe, right? Just yep. general general generalized Europe is what we think of. Yep. Uh, but there's a lot more from around the world. What about fae? Uh, in Native American culture, what about the Fey in Japan? You know uh, yep. things like that. So we're going to be covering that, and I am super, super excited about that. Um, and just a reminder: make sure you guys are checking out the Unx Network because we are on the X, baby. The X. We are on the X. Okay, this is this is the new mainstream here. Okay, so go to Unx Unx Network dot com before Check out the X. anybody thinks and think we're not taking ecstasy that's not what we mean by on the x okay no 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 although no. God, it- you look beautiful josh <laughs> <laughs> uh no we are not on the x but we are on the x capital x <laughs> and before your grandmothers get angry it's not triple x either it's just no. one x it's okay just one they couldn't just, afford the other two it's not even liquor all right hardly even know her uh but anyways we're on that we're also on the fearscape media network you guys can go to fearscapemedia.com and check out all the other podcasts that are a part of that uh and if you want to check out our archived episodes make sure you guys go to the convergence enigma.com there you can check out all of our old episodes as well as from when we were fearscape paranormal uh is good stuff all good uh, stuff I, 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 that's my obama oh, oh obama uh obama's on x <laughs> <laughs> uh hey michelle uh so you got some head and shoulders there uh okay so no, go ahead uh, and stop go ahead and yeah stop. we're gonna go ahead and stop uh anyways we're moving on we are going to get to our first segment of the eve which is psychic word of the week and now, the psychic word of the week. Psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary. June G. Bletzer, PhD, rest in peace, honey bear. Sometimes I feel like the uh, the call guy from uh, The Price is Right when I do this. So somebody's <laughs> like, the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary yeah. from June G. Bletzer, PhD. Retail price of $9.99 in yeah. 1987. Yeah. 1987. <laughs> Anyways, Josh, I flipped through the pages. We stopped. And um, oddly enough, talking about the Fae, uh, the complete opposite is what I landed on, which is the mundane world. Yeah. The mundane world. Yeah. Uh, So esoteric here. Uh, There's two definitions. The first definition says a perception of three dimensional objects, things, earth, men, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anything that is visible Two, the manifestation of the total past vibrations that can be perceived by the five senses and energy held together by the mind. Oh, there's a third one. Uh, This comes from Patrick Flanagan, a pattern of energy interferences an illusion an illusion an illusion of solidarity and stillness in a web of emotional energy fields Ooh, since it's patrick flanagan i'm gonna read that again but with an irish accent hi thank you my name is patrick flanagan i'm here today to talk about the mundane world uh, i believe that the mundane world is a pattern of energy interferences an illusion of solidarity and stillness in a web of emotional energy fields Amen. 
There you go. Chase, it's Mary and Joseph. All right. So we got your hat. That's like, no, I don't always wear a hat. Uh, not on, not on Wednesdays. Yeah. So <laughs> I love I'm, when you're just like, pause. I'm so, I'm so, um, I'm so distracted now by the accent that I totally forgot what you just read. Hey, so. Josh, what you be doing? Oh, you should hear JD doing. Oh man, I do. Oh, what you be doing? I do 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 Stop Irish. No, no, no Jersey Devil. You no. just sound like yourself drunk. So, uh, anyways, uh, that Jersey is. Jersey Devil's in a new band. D- do what? Jersey Devil's in a new band. The the Bangers and Mash. Oh, the. <laughs> Don't even get him started. Uh, <laughs> Don't even get him started. He's got cryptids all over the place, dude. He's, he's, he's in bands, theater troops. He's in, yeah. like, ice cream socials. He's in everything, dude. Used car salesman. He's, he's in it all. Uh, yeah. Krampus gave him a big head. Becoming Krampus. Anywho, um, yeah, so that's the mundane world is basically what we see. And so it makes you yeah. wonder, when we do see something, are we seeing it in the mundane, or are we catching a glimpse in the etheric or esoteric? I don't know don't know here's the thing if if your vision is so that you can see the non-mundane would you know the difference well i don't want to sit and stew on that very long speaking (laughs) of stew we've got astral stew is available out on podcast now uh you can check that out at fearscapemedia.com uh or just on our youtube page or spotify or wherever just look up astral stew we the only one um but we should have a new episode of that drop in here um, whenever this month. It's already here, probably. It's already That's, here when this comes out. See, when I don't handle it, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, anyways, moving on, Josh, I want to get to our UAP sighting of the week. UAP sighting of the UAP sighting of the week retail brought price to, <laughs> brought to brought you to by craft <laughs> with a C. <laughs> yeah. So this actually, uh, I found this on uh, MUFON um, and it happened in Woodstock, Illinois back in 1998. Hey, what does a sassy girl tell an alien when she doesn't want him there? She says, girl, move on. No. You're welcome. No. So what do we got, Josh? Where do we <laughs> got? Where's it come from? So, yeah, it's, it happened in Woodstock, Illinois um, in uh, 1998. At approximately uh, June 23rd, 1998, I was driving along northwest bound on Country Club Road in unincorporated McHenry County. At that time in life, I was working as a banker. Although I had served as an armed military policeman from 1983 to 1986, in the 2000, I was working for McHenry County as a deputy sheriff. Just before reaching McConnell Road, I looked out my window to my left and I saw a strange, triangular object moving slowly towards me from the west. I was able to determine the shape due to the prominent bright lights on the bottom of each corner. I continued to observe the object as I proceeded home. Because I was in a heavily wooded area, I could not observe it continuously. 
Just as I turned northbound onto Fleming Road, I saw that I had a fairly unobstructed view of the approaching object. I pulled onto the shoulder and exited my vehicle. I believe that one or two other vehicles pulled over in the vicinity as well, and the occupants exited, although oddly, there was no excited conversation between anyone, as might be expected. Everyone seemed singularly focused on the approaching object. As the object came closer, it did not change course or elevation whatsoever. It made no sound. It was traveling at roughly the speed of a dirigible or hot air balloon. It was very difficult to judge mass at first because the sky was mostly black, and so there was nothing to compare scale. As it began to pass by me, though, I observed row upon row of lights, such as you might see in a skyscraper at night. And then I got the sense that the object was enormous and could possibly house the equivalent of a small city. Also, at the front of the object, I observed at least two larger bright lights, and I got the sense that it must be some sort of cockpit or control room. The object was close enough to observe its lights clearly, but not so close that I could observe any sort of activity from within. The object passed by within a couple of minutes, continuing eastbound, in the general direction of McHenry City. I got in my vehicle and continued home, again, without having any interaction with any of the other witnesses, which seems odd in retrospect. I considered myself fortunate to have witnessed the event, though I do not recall telling anyone about it thinking they would think I had made up the story, or I was mentally unbalanced. Some months later, I did tell my older brother about the experience, though he is the only one to the best of my recollection. What is very odd to me is that although the experience was very real at the time, in the weeks and months that followed, my mind began trying to convince me that I must have dreamed it all. I also found that my memory of the incident seemed to want to fade, and I had to have sort of a battle within my mind to keep the memory intact. It almost seems like the object or its occupants had performed some sort of a Jedi mind trick to erase my memory of the incident from any witnesses. I don't know if the incident was reported by any local news media, although I wasn't looking for it either. To date, I have not had any other UFO sightings or experiences. Woo! Man! That, that's intense. That's well, intense. You know, it reminds me of that listener story that we got from that woman who, if she hadn't had things recorded on her phone, she wouldn't even yeah. have known something happened. And then her fake dad or whatever right. like, showed up and deleted it. everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this this also reminds me of, of the triangle craft that I saw, like about a, a, you know, back last fall. And so, you know, what, what really strikes me about this my experience my encounter and this person's encounter is that it breaks it doesn't meet any of Lou Elizondo's five observables and so it's immediately kind of tossed out by anybody who is a diehard Lou Elizondo is right yeah. fan so well to be fair it was 1998 he didn't have the five maybe maybe he did but he didn't know he was supposed to list them because he's not a time traveler <sighs> Speaking of which, I'm going to do a quick creepy catch up here, Josh. Just a quick okay. one. Okay. Right. I last week, man, I was driving home from the Renaissance Festival in Arizona out in Gold Canyon. And I was driving out, man. It was sunset, 
beautiful fiery red sunset because it was cloudy which is you know the best sunsets and i see four incredible lights just hanging in the sky man and as i'm turning because i'm coming from the superstition highway from the super i'll buy your new house um, and i'm driving out and i'm doing all this stuff and the lights are just hanging there uh one goes away because it's flashing it's the only one flashing and it flies away and it it was like flying in and out of everything and i realized it was a helicopter well the other three lights are just hanging there it's not stars because there's clouds there i can't see it they're not planes because i saw this for a solid 10 15 minutes or so um mm-hmm. and as i'm moving they're moving too so it changes the pattern that i'm seeing so it wasn't like one giant craft but there were three lights man mm-hmm. that i saw for quite some time and the only reason it ended after 10 minutes is because i hit a section of the highway where i just the mountain covered it so but yeah i checked flight radar nothing uh no i did see the helicopter that was on there um but that was it so huh interesting yep anyways uh let's go ahead josh and let's get moving on to Faye around the world Yeah, say around the world. So around um, the world, I would listen to that song. (laughs) Um, You know, this my really, you know, you talked about you have you've had a long time interest in it, but my interest has recently peaked. You know, I've had interest in 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 fays and fairies for a while, but really since we started talking about Hollow Earth, oh yeah, there's a lot of um, consistency between like a lot of Faye story and Faye lore and Hollow Earth. So uh, really has sparked me looking into it more. Well, that fits the Convergence Enigma, Josh. It does. (laughs) So thank you for tuning in, people, because this is what you've been waiting for. Right. How does it all turn in? Tune in. I'm going to take just a a couple of minutes (laughs) and talk about a couple of, let's say, uh, housekeeping things when it comes to the fae for just anybody who maybe not know what fae is so um fae folk also known as fair folk or good folk um are present in many areas we're we're gonna talk on some of them tonight uh there's i mean just for the ones that i collected i have 13 pages worth of stuff we probably (laughs) won't even get through it all tonight so there's a lot more out there so uh, Faye halfway around the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we, we hit around the world. But, um, but you know, you probably picture like Tinkerbell, right? When you think mm-hmm. about Faye or fairies. But um, really Faye uh, in its entirety is, it, it includes everything from leprechauns to elves to gnomes. To, like all of those things are included in the Faye folk I think that there's a leprechaun and a banshee that's in JD's band Bangers and Mash. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, no surprise, but the banshee's the singer, the lead singer, I would assume. And JD probably plays the drums because he's got his wings. He can really yes, sing. yes. Anyways, so um, they're they're actually broken up into two different courts. You have um, the Selly and the Unselly, and so I'm probably saying that wrong. Silly, maybe silly, but when um, the Seely refers to a group of fairies who are lovely, cheerful, friendly, and helpful, and they are typically willing to help and most likely honorable. Whereas the Unseely is, as you would imagine, um, who are hostile to humankind, wicked in temperament. The Unseely are thought to enjoy torturing and harming mortals. The Greys. Are easily offended and should be avoided. 
Mm-hmm. Um, almost uh, like a Taro and Darrow situation here. I'm gonna yep, or a Santosh and Stefan situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is uh, also worth mentioning that neither court is really considered good or evil. It's just that's really an oversimplification of it. It's just, I guess, intent really more than anything. So, um, if you are ever out in the woods or anywhere in an open space and you see a ring of mushrooms. That's often considered to be a sign that fairies or fae are nearby. Run. Um, it rec- it ha- strongly recommends that you do not sit or meditate in the middle of a ring of mushrooms. And I know we got listeners out there that like to just do evil or weird occulty things for the sake of doing weird occulty evil things. But if you're listening to this show, that means that you believe in some of this stuff. Okay. So what Josh is telling you here is legit. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm not even trying to be funny right now. Okay, is is seriously like don't do this stuff. Don't mess with stuff that you don't need to mess with because man, it could affect more than just you. Yeah. PSA over. So I mean, it, it for what I found, I found multiple articles and, and various things that were talking about it in in, in lore. If you enter uh, a fairy ring without permission, then you take on a risk of dancing with the fae until you go insane or die of exertion. Yeah, and you know, there are people that think that that mysterious dancing sickness that happened in the 16 or 1700s or whatever it was to that city, yep. that, that this is why. Like so many people died. They just danced themselves to death. That's a real, real event. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also just if you do come across a, a, a mushroom circle, mushroom ring, you can sit next to it and meditate or whatever, you know, build a close connection with the Fae. Um, words with the Fae are very impactful. It mean like we toss words around all the time, right? But but for the Fae, they they have a significant meaning. Like a Fae will likely only tell you their name if they fully trust you. If you ask a Fae its name, it won't tell you. Hence the kind of riddle of like Rumpelstiltskin, you know, the, the story of Rumpelstiltskin. Um, don't say if you ever are working with Faye, don't say things like thank you or um, uh, you're welcome because it implies that there's still something that you could do for them. So use different words. So, bottom line, just be careful what you say if you're working with a Faye. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, right. seriously, though, like Santos will tell you one of his favorite dreams of mine. Um, and I'm a little hazy on it these days, but I had a dream. Uh, I was working with the Fae. This is this is not the dream part. This I was working with the Fae in my magic practices. And so that night I had a dream that I was looking for answers for something. I don't remember if it was about love or, or whatever it was, but I asked the Fae for help. And um, And so when I went to sleep, that happened in my dream. The Fae showed up and jumped into a pair of shoes and turned into a flying shoe. And I was like, okay, I don't understand this. Um, what, what do you want me to do here? This doesn't, whatever it was, it didn't have anything to do in my mind with what I thought. I said, could you please speak to me uh, in your own language, please? So that I can understand. And then all of a sudden this like flock of shoe fairy showed up and the main shoe was like, shoe, 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 shoe. And they go, shoe. <laughs> shoo, 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 and I was like, "Man, 
like you have to be exact yeah with with the fae like because they will give you what you want and i asked it for its language and it happened to be speaking shoe at that yeah. moment and that's what right. i got and i woke right up afterwards i never did find out what it meant <laughs> <laughs> so anyways be careful if you're working with the fae if you encounter mm-hmm. the fae just be be careful so yeah they they follow their own set of laws they do not yep. follow human laws right um so getting into uh the kind of different types of fey around the world so you know you mentioned that when you primarily think about it you think about uh european you know um which is uh, i have included uh the uk um and uh, into that european bucket um but you know so you've got starting at the top of the list we've got a banshee so um, a solitary fae uh, represents an omen of death. Uh, these types of fae are often referred to as woman of the fairies and would wail, scream, or cry outside the home of someone who was about to die. It is thought that only households of pure Irish ancestry could be warned by banshees. And let me say this as well. We are very aware that some of these entities are also not considered fae. Um, that they fit into some of these categories. And I know some of you are going, no, banshees are just female spirits. Some of them that have died that, you know, are blah, blah, blah. Sure. Okay. Right now we're focused on one aspect of the lore, which is the fairy lore. Yeah. I mean, it does say that later legends transformed the banshee into a kind of wraith or ghost that frequently connected it to a specific household. So basically the meaning of banshee transformed over time which yeah. is common with a lot of different lore yeah i mean the original word banshee was woman of the fairy mound right so yeah yeah um next up we have a bogart oh the uh, bogart boggarts booger boogers yeah. what a, there's so many different names we covered this in our boogeyman episode yeah we did we all, I think we also talked about it in uh, Shapeshifters when we covered that mm-hmm. episode a long, like two years, yep. two and a half years ago. Already, I'm transported back to Harry Potter, dude, when they were fighting <laughs> yep. that bogger. Um, bogey. Bogey. So, yeah, it's a shapeshifting creature uh, from English folklore and inhabits both moors and marshes and is sometimes called a bogard or a bag. Um, bogart the bag, man. <laughs> some legends say that bogarts haunt the swamps of northern england scotland and wales in many scottish and northern english folklore there are numerous household bogarts who act similar to a brownie by doing household chores however bogarts tend to be more malevolent by destroying household items if not rewarded or mistreated whereas brownies tend to be more friendly yeah, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the the British Isles fae tend to be chaotic, so to speak, yeah. right? Yeah. But when you get into places like Norway and Germany and things like that, they're workers. They're more because you get into the gnomes and things like that. They're more the workers. You know, right. they're the working yeah. class guys. We're all those hoity Oh, here you go, John. Hoity toity. Yeah. Hoity toity fay over in year, over in the UK. They just do whatever they want and they drink right. spirits all day. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned that the Bogart from Harry Potter, uh, but I also found that uh, the Pennywise oh, yeah. is also considered a Bogart. Yep. Even Bogart. though he's an alien, but yeah. yeah. Um, 
So we, we heard there mentioned the brownie when we were talking about Bogart. So brownie is an English and Scottish mythology. These types of fae are often known as the household fae. Um, being short and small with big eyes and pointy ears. Brownies are hardworking and believed to live in homes or barns. They seldom seen, but are frequently heard scrubbing, cooking, and doing household chores late at night. You know what they're not known for doing? What's that? Winning Super Bowls. That's what the Cleveland Browns are named after. They used to be the Cleveland Brownies. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The old logo was a brownie. Like they are named after the the fae, the fae, the brownies. And it just got shortened to the Browns. Well, I did not know that. Yep. Well, there you go. True story. Cleveland Brownies, y'all. Look it up. Uh, it does say here, though, that uh, brownies don't work for free. They expect to be rewarded <laughs> with food, drink. And um, if you don't reward them, then you'll find all your stuff smashed. So. Yep. Or, or if they're like, you know, fixing your shoes or whatever, they'll flip the nails upside down. Yep. <laughs> or, you know, they'll release livestock and let them roam free. Um, it says here, don't present a brownie with an offering of clothes because this would be seen as a great insult to them and they'd most likely leave your home forever. Oh, man, boy, that's starting to sound like... Um like uh, dobby dobby yeah but you yeah. get my sockets it's go yeah. time well interesting in it because the house elves of dobby creature and winky are all based on brownie fame there you go next up on the list we have changelings stories of changelings but passed down for centuries again we talked about some of these both in our native american episode also changeling episode um a changeling could be identified by a few characteristics including being old, ugly, and having minimal growth or advanced uh, and intelligent for its age. Um, parents and family members were frequently blamed for fey kidnappings. A newborn that received too much ador- adoration or praise might garner unwanted awareness for the fey who desired attractive and charming babies. Um, fear of changeling fey abductions was prevalent throughout U- European folklore, but similar beliefs have been found in multiple cultures. The next little bit might be a trigger warning here. Gonna throw up a little alert, but there are changeling stories that uh, exist um, due to the rise of Christianity and the belief that infants are vulnerable to demonic possession. So there was a continuous dread of fey kidnappings, and they used to do things like put a baby in a shovel and hold the shovel over a fire to see if it would change. Um, They were sometimes blasted with iron nails or forced to spend the day on a hillside or a manure mound to see if they would change. Oh, man. Yeah, witches and changelings, man. You just... It's rough. Um, It says here, on a happier message, (laughs) a mother was occasionally told that being kind towards a changeling will lead to the recovery of her own child, which did happen in each instance. Wow. Next up on the list, we got the dryads. Uh, These are wood nymphs and tree spirits who live in trees. Their names come from the Greek word of dryas, dryas, meaning oak. Not to be confused with the triad, which is... Japanese gangs. Right. <laughs> um, and according to Jackie Chan movies, you don't want to cross them. No, no, you don't. Uh, so the dryads are known for fiercely guarding trees, and you'll often find them chatting to the trees they protect. 
These types of fae believe it's their duty to punish anyone who commits crimes against nature, and their wrath is not something you want to encounter. Uh, it's often said that if the tree the dryad is protecting dies, so would the dryad. I mean, think about it, though. You think about, you know, the wood elves, right, from from uh, Lord of the Rings, and they were the ones you didn't want to mess with. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Next up, we have a Dullahan. It's an Irish Irish Dullahan, sometimes spelled Dullachan or Dullachan or Dullahan. So, uh, or what was the Scotty off of uh, Star Trek? That's what I was just trying to think. Um, <laughs> Uh, James um, uh, do, is like do do uh, hand do hand yeah 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 can I can say oh who hand yep uh, terrifying uh, wild male or female headless rider galloping through the dark spreading dread suffering and catastrophe to the homes countrysides towns or anyone watering roads late at night. The Dullahan is sometimes associated with demons, ghosts, or fae. It often carries its severed head which is empowered with magical abilities, allowing it to see for miles. Sometimes its horse is headless, too. So many folk tales already pop into my head. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you may recognize the inspiration for the headless horseman, mm-hmm. right? In the legend of Sleepy Hollow. However, a doulahan is different from the headless horseman in a few ways. To start, a Dullahan may whip your eyes out, but it never kills anyone. Oh! Uh, encountering a Dullahan is terrible warning, and crossing paths with one isn't a positive omen. Hmm. Most likely, you or someone you care about will suffer a tragic death. So, next time you see a headless person riding a headless horse, just Run. walk back inside wherever you are. Just You're like, walk. you know what? Maybe I will watch 60 Minutes tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up we have the elves so the elves are nature spirits who appear in various folklore mythology around the world and then the elves um, have 500 subcategories oh yeah I'm not even going to get into that So, <laughs> um, but they do uh, most commonly associated with early Germanic tribes, Britain and Iceland as well as in Teutonic and Norse mythology yep. uh, initially the term elf included all varieties of fae in Anglo-Saxon but it eventually came to represent a specific type of fae over time many cultures accepted the shift in meaning as well elves are human like fae who change their appearance freely I'm going to butcher this name because it's like what you Gaelic. do Gein Canuck. God bless you thank you is a type of fae in Irish mythology known for smoking a clay pipe so Gandalf yeah literally translates to love talker and refers <laughs> to fairies known for their ability to be alluring or enchanting with their voices that's weird that was my nickname in high school Ginkulak or love talker love talker we, okay we didn't get into the Gaelic there <laughs> um you'll recognize a Ginkulak fairy by his lack of shadow a mist that swirls around him and the birds will stop singing uh, legend states that any woman who is unlikely enough to kiss a Gein Canuck fairy was doomed because he would vanish as fast as he had appeared, leaving them to die of desire. Jeez, you're all doomed. <laughs> uh, 
Um, let's see. Gnomes are up next. Gnomes are earth spirits who live beneath the ground. These type can we, of. Can we take a minute and just sure. remember David the gnome? It was a great cartoon. It's a great cartoon. Not sure. I remember David. You don't remember David the gnome and Swift the fox man. Sometimes I wish Santosh was my my co-host. Well, you know, you have to remember that I grew up without cable. This is true. This is true. David the gnome, and uh, you'll see pictures. I know you'll recognize it though. But David the gnome uh, was voiced by the dad from Happy Days, and mm-hmm. uh, also known as Father Dowling of the Mysteries. Okay. Anyways, David the gnome. So these types of fade resemble dwarfs and are often seen wearing clothes similar to a monk's habit. They fiercely protect all types of treasures, quarries, and mines. Um, Kobolds, uh, sometimes called kobolds or kobolds, originate from Germanic folklore and act similarly to the English brownie. Kobolds are small household spirits who are known to be quite mischievous if forgotten or mistreated. Some stories even claim that they will wickedly kick someone from behind who bent down to pick something up. <laughs> I, think we, I think we knew someone that was a kobold in high school. I was about to say. <laughs> yep. um, this next one I thought interesting. Uh, Lady of the Lake. Oh, she's considered a... Well, I guess so. I mean, pretty yeah. much anything in, in the whole Avalon and right. stuff like that is... Um, and there's actually there's actually tales of ladies of the lake in different cultures within European. So it's not just an Arthurian legend type. Yeah, I thing. guess I just always kind of looked at her as more of a goddess type than a fae type, but makes sense. Um, now we're getting into some Welsh stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Lady of the Lake is a magical water fairy and enchantress who lives in lakes and ponds to keep watch over them and maintain their purity. Um, in Arthurian legend, of course, he's the one who, you know, uh, brings Arthur's injured body to Avalon. She also provides uh, the sword uh, known as Excalibur. Uh, some people believe a lady of the lake is a representation of the Morrigan. Uh, others believe she's the Celtic goddess. I'm probably going to get this wrong. Ain, A with a little asterisk, I-N-E, or Coventina. Coventina. It's also been speculated that they descended from a mermaid. A merman, Dad. Merman. Believe it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say because that's where I was kind of heading to next. Was is she considered a mermaid then? And then is a mermaid considered a fairy? (laughs) Well, it's in the list. We just haven't got through yet. Bring the L's. So we got the uh, Lenonchi. That means fairy mistress and is a beautiful Irish solitary fae from the other world. The Lenonchi is often portrayed as female, but a few folklores characterizes them as male. Lenonchi often seduce and help people with creative abilities like poets, artists, or musicians. Uh, They are gorgeous and fascinating to their lovers, but entirely invisible to their lovers, friends, and family. I've got a girlfriend. She lives in Canada, I swear. (laughs) Uh, The Lenone, she inspires their lovers so that they can achieve prestige and success. So, Leprechauns, I don't think there's any reason to really talk about leprechauns. Everybody knows what a leprechaun is. Um, But but it's interesting here. I will call out that um, 
they're sometimes called a fairy banker. Oh, yeah. So, um, next up is merfolk. So, that includes your mermaids and mermen. Merman, dad. Um, in Irish folklore, they're known as marrows. So, mermaids are depicted as half human, half fish. Um, been around for centuries. These water spirits have been linked to sorrow and destruction in modern and ancient folklore, while they can also be compassionate. Um, they also may loose, lure sailors to doom and death by ga- guiding them to rocks and causing their ships to wreck. Yeah, that, and then that even gets you close to sirens and yeah. stuff. Mermen are sometimes associated with eating their own children or drowning people underwater out of spite and revenge for fishing in their territory. Is that why? Is that why Ariel was trying to get away? Because her dad was trying to eat her? Like, let's be honest here. I don't know. I mean, Sebastian. So, anyways. Uh, Put him in a pot, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm down, but. Nymphs are nature spirits who materialize as gorgeous women and are part Greek and Roman mythology. Uh, these types of fae are often called goddesses, and it's believed the word nymph is des- derived from the Greek word for bride. Um, and overall, and nymphs nymph- are class- nymphomania comes from. <laughs> overall, nymphs are classified according to the natural element they are connected with and what they protect. Um, pixies are a type of a type of trooping fairy found in the areas near Devon and Cornwall in England. They have a youthful appearance and often dress in green with a pointed nightcap. However, they can be seen in a variety of outfits. Yep, your pixie is more closer to uh, Tinkerbell. She Tinkerbell, yeah. But uh, even then, I mean, that Peter Pan dressed essentially like yeah. a pixie. Right. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's often talked about how Peter Pan really became a pixie by doing... Yeah, yeah, he essentially became a, a human-sized pixie. Right. Um, so they are pixies are mischievous and often deals with pranks and trickery. They can easily be identified by their short stature, small pointed ears, pale skin, and their call for wings that flare like flower petals. Put the peas in there. Next up, we got the puka. Ah, Harvey is a puka. <laughs> um, sometimes spelled it's a P U with an umlaut C A, or sometimes spelled P O O K A. It's a Celtic spirit and a shapeshifter that can take various forms, including horses, rabbits, goats, and humans. There's a rabbit. His name is Harvey. It's also known as Puck in English folklore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes believed to use the light of Will of the Wisp to lure people into swamps or dishes and then fleeing with delight. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, that's Puck from Midsummer yep. Night's Dream. We've covered a lot of those. Yeah. But you, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Pokemon come from the word Puka. Yeah, interesting. Yep. That's where Pokemon comes from is from Pokemon. Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So it was believed it was believed during medieval times that uh, Puka would whisk away little children if they were to go near if they were to go near to them. Um Puka are said to inhabit wild places like remote thickets and glens. A household would leave a plate of food at night for the puka outside their house or yard. In return, it would do chores during the night and protect the property from fire and trespassers. 
if I leave food outside now, all I get is raccoons and opossums. <laughs> uh, salamanders are a type of elemental spirit commonly associated with fire. Mm-hmm. Um, salamanders were first described by German Swiss physician Peric- Peric- Paracillus. That's my best guess. And have remained popular in esoteric occultism, literature, and art since then. Talking about Pericles? I don't think so. It's P-A-R-A-C-E-L-S-U-S. And it was in 1493. Oh, I was That's way after Pericles. Yeah, way, 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 way. Um, But yeah, it's interesting that Salamander always makes this list, you know? Because even in Pagan, when we call the Watchtowers, when we get to fire... You know, you've already called in the sylphs and you've called in the mermaids and you've called in the gnomes of the north and you get to fire and you invite the salamanders. When I first became pagan, I was like, can we just can we just bring in a a gecko? Like, can can we we bring in a dragon beard? Like, what's what's up? Well, I think it's really interesting and actually um, slightly off topic a little bit, but the uh, Frozen 2 has a very, I don't know, kind of like pagan feel to it. Like it's got a salamander. You've got the the four main elements, then you got the fifth element of spirit, things like that. Just so. Um, next up is the Selkie, uh, originating from Orkney and the United Kingdom folklore. The Selkie is a gentle water spirit believed to live in the sea as a seal, but once on land, they fully assume human form. I wonder if that's considered a wear. Um, I don't know. We talked about this when we did Native American folklore. It's like some of these like cross. And so I don't know. It's it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. It's it says here that according to some legends, uh, obviously, you'll understand the silky are fallen angels who were too pure to be condemned to hell and instead fell to the shoreline of Earth. They're often described as beautiful and doe-eyed. One of the best, if you guys want to watch something that's about a Selkie, watch Song of the Sea. came out in 2014. It's animated, um, and it's absolutely phenomenal. I think it even won an Oscar for, like, best yeah, animated it, yeah, I think so. movie that year. But it's really, really good, so highly recommend it. Um, next up, we have uh, Trows. We skipping Sylphs? All right, there's too many. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of tros too. I'm only going to talk about. Them. <laughs> um, well, Sylph so. is a fairy of the air. Okay, it's an air spirit. Okay. There you go. So, tros are a type of troll, uh, sometimes called droves. Generally, all tros kidnap humans, but they value young mothers and newborns most of all. Young mothers can breastfeed their children, and tros can easily swap a baby with a changeling. Uh, tros only appear at night because the sunlight turns them to stone. You may imagine a troll to be a giant like in appearance, and older folklore would agree with you. However, later legend describes trolls as smaller creatures, similar to dwarves. Yeah, I mean, we always think of the classic Hobbit experience where he tricked them, talking to them all night to get yep. them to uh, turn into stone. Also, there's a there's a cartoon on Netflix that is deals with trolls it's like troll hunter i think is what yeah, it troll is hunter. yeah it was voiced by the guy who played Chekhov in the reboot in, until he uh tragically died but um but a lot of this stuff is 
they talk about it in that show. It's a really good show, and it's like it a is good. three different shows kind of all mixed into one. But anyways, uh, next up is the Tauth de Danan, and it is from Celtic mythology, um, which means people of the goddess Danu. Yep, there is a band uh, called Tuatha Dea. Uh, Tuatha de Denon, um, incredible band. If you've never listened to that band, but they are, of course, named after this. Yep. They are believed to have magically materialized from a cloud of mist from across the Northern Sea. They were immortal and known for their magical abilities as well as their power, charm, elegance, and cleverness. They were believed to have ruled Ireland 4,000 years ago. Um, they withdrew, withdrew, withdrew to the outer <laughs> other with, world. I've withdrawled before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other world underground beneath the she mountains, the she mounds, when they were invaded and overpowered by the Mal- Malaysians. Scholars believe the Malaysians were most likely the first Gales in Ireland and ancestors of the modern Irish. Irish. So another another account of. You know, kind of like a different people or beings living, you know, in a place before humans occupied it. So, uh, next we have the Undines, sometimes spelled Undine, yep. our water nymph. Yep, um, they're the other comes, one that you call when you call the watchtowers of the West for water. Cool. Um, becomes human when she falls in love with a mortal man. If he is unfaithful, her death is inevitable. Will the Wisp? We've seen those. You see those in the movie uh, with Merida. That's okay, Josh. That's swamp gas. Yeah, it probably is swamp gas. <laughs> that's what swamp gas is. The Will. That's of Wisp. what that. I mean, that's what. I mean, that was uh, Hynek's whole thing was that what people thought were Will of the Wisps were really just swamp gas. Yeah. Um, or is all swamp gas just Will of the Wisp? Ooh. Now I'm going to get you thinking. <laughs> um, as a type of fey pixie believed to inhabit the marshes and bogs of England, Will-O-Wisp are nature spirits that inhabit the elements of the earth. The name Will-O-Wisp is derived from the Saxon word while and means trickery or deceitfulness combined with the Swedish word wisp, meaning a bundle of tinder. All right. We are now leaving uh, European and um United Kingdom moving on to Norway with, with just about seven minutes, seven to minutes go. to go, <laughs> but there's not as many, there's not as many yeah. in the rest of the countries. So that's really the, the big bulk of it. So, um, in Norwegian, they don't call them Fey. They call them under Jorkdisk. Ah, uh, yeah. Under Jorkdisk. Yeah. Uh, or those who live beneath the ground. Vetter. Part Ooh, of the now same, we're getting into hollow earth. Yeah. Uh, part of the same. So better part of the same meaning, but these are more known to be smaller kind. And holder folk uh, was a common phrase for such creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got rise, which is a shapeshifter that changed forms from a hideous shape of a man into a beautiful white horse known for luring children and maidens to uh, alike to lure them into little lake by the moors or a deep forest his goal is to drown them and even eat them so nice guy yeah the false call uh or waterfall bard this one could be seen as a young boy playing on a wooden flute yep. sound familiar mm-hmm. and could trick children to his roaring waterfalls and make them drown um 
the Knocken. This one actually has gotten an English name already better known as the Nix. Just like the waterfall bard and the rise, he lures the children and some maidens to their main territory water and then kills them. The light elves or Lis Alber, known for living in the forest and being able to help people getting better crops and a better harvest. Sacrificial gifts was regular occurrence about 1000 years ago when the Scandinavians uh, were not completely converted to Christianity as of yet. Their looks are variously described, but mostly known for being fair and light-haired. Then you have the Zvart Alver, which is the Black Elves. In comparison to the Light Elves, these kind of elves are disgustingly ugly creatures. They usually keep to themselves away from the sunlight and prefer dark, murky mountain caves instead of a bright clearing. Sounds a little bit like the Darrow and the Tarot I was going to say, uh, and in Skyrim, I play Dark Elves all the time. Yeah. Um, the Javirigir or dwarves um, just most you know stories and myths that you know good handcrafters making different tools and armors described as having the height of a child um, the holdra which is also the Norwegian version of a siren hmm. she resides though in forests in being fair and kind to those who she who show her respect but those who disrespect her can become dangerous and vengeful. Yep. That sounds like Blair Witch to me. Yep. Um, the Nissi can be compared to that of a leprechaun. Uh, but in Norwegian, the Nissi does not have a pot of gold at hand, but is mostly seen as a farm guardian whom, when the farmer is ill, the Nissi makes sure the animals of the farm are well and might even feed the animals. The Nissa's main job is to watch the humans and the animals' welfare while being on the farm, but the only pay a Nissi demands is once a year on the 24th of December <laughs> is to get a bowl of porridge and some fruit. You can find the Nessie also in a lock in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to Japan. Dude, so you this have is what the, I've been waiting for. Yep, you have the Yosei or Yosai. It is the bewitching spirit. Uh, according to an old folk belief from the Iwat prefecture, it was once feared that the Yosai could resurrect the dead. It is also mentioned that the people of Mount Horai are small fairies that have no knowledge of great evil, and so their hearts never grow old. Hmm. Next, you have the Kor Pokor, our race of small people in folklore of the Ainu people of the northern Japanese islands. I knew that. The, the name is traditionally analyzed as a tripartite compound of Kor and Koro, meaning the butter burr plant and under or below. <laughs> uh, basically, it means people below the leaves of the Fukai in the Anu language. The Anu believed that the Korpokor were the people who lived in the Ainu's land before the Ainu themselves lived there. They were short of stature, agile, and skilled at fishing. They lived in pits with roofs made from butterbird leaves. Hmm. Um, the Kijimuna. The Kijimuni are small wood spirits, according to the Okinawan mythology. Hey, that's where Mr. Miyagi's from. That's right. The Kijimuni are said to live in trees, but the most common one is the banyan tree. 
They're often described as being child-sized with red hair covering their bodies and large heads. A Japanese redhead. Yeah. I wonder Tom, if- Tom Cruise messed up everything, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another name for the Kimuna is the Bungaya, which means large-headed. Uh, they're known to be very mischievous, playing pranks and tricking humans. One of their best-known tricks is to lie upon a person's chest, making them unable to move or breathe. What does that sound like? Oh, yeah. Um, when Brad and I covered the uh, night hags around the world, we covered this. Oh, yeah. damn. All right, moving on to China. So... China, we have the Huli Jing, or We've a fox an spirit. Extra minute or two, Josh. We we wrap it up in an extra minute or two. Okay, so uh, this is the nine-tailed fox. Oh, probably yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this is the uh, during the Han Dynasty, the development of ideas around interspecies transformation had taken place in Chinese culture. The idea that non-human creatures with advancing age could assume human form is presented in works such as Lunhing by Wang Chong. As these traditions developed, the fox's capacity for transformation was shaped. Yeah, I would say this is probably the most famous Japanese cryptid. No, it's Chinese. Or excuse me, Chinese cryptid. It shows up in so much folklore so many movies so many cartoons so many things there's a new movie with brad pitt coming out where it's in there yep so next up you have the mogwai shut up that's for real yep according to chinese tradition mogwai are certain demons which often inflict harm on humans they are said to reproduce during mating seasons triggered by the coming of rain Supposedly, they take care to breed at these times because rain signifies rich and full times ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just blown away right now that Mogwai is a real thing. The term, I thought they made it up for the movie. <laughs> the term Mo derives from the Sanskrit Mara, meaning evil beings or literally death. In Hinduism and Buddhism, Mara determines fate of death and desire that tether people to the unending cycle of reincarnation mm-hmm. and suffering. All right, we're jumping over to the U.S. for just a minute. So we've got the um, the Minihoon and Native Hawaiian fairies. <laughs> These were also indigenous small people who lived in Hawaii before the Tahitian people came to reside there. Uh, they were driven into the forests and really never seen again. Here, here's things, okay? You got dragons, fairies, night hags. Things like that, vampires, these things existed around the world before these cultures ever even interacted with one another. Right, exactly. It's crazy. Um, you got the Nim Nimaraigar, which is a Shoshan tribe believed in a race of tiny people called the Nimaraigar. These tiny people lived in the Rocky Mountains mm. and were aggressive to outsiders. I wonder if they're in Boulder. Supposedly, there was a small mummy that was discovered in the mountains in 1932. But the mummy's body disappeared in the 1950s, and nobody knows where it is. Hmm. I wonder if it's that same thing that Greer had in that one early documentary of his. Perhaps. All right, last one for the night. We've got Africa. So the Aziza are a type of beneficent supernatural race in West Africa. Uh, living in the forest, they provide good magic for hunters. They are also known to have given practical and spiritual knowledge to people including the knowledge of how to use fire. The Aziza are described as little fairy people 
and are also said to live in the anthills and silk cotton trees. Hmm. And last but not least, we have the Yumboas. Yumboas are the spirits of the dead. And like many supernatural beings in Africa beliefs, they are completely of a pearly white color. They are sometimes said to have silver hair. They stand about two feet tall. The Yumboas live beneath the Paps Hills and come out to dance in the moonlight. They feast on large tables, waited on by servants who are invisible except for their hands and feet. Creepy. Yumboas eat corn, which they steal from the humans, and fish, which they catch on their own. What if they what in- if what if thing from uh, Adam's family is a Yumboa? It's backwards. Maybe he's backwards. Maybe you're not supposed to be able to see his, you know. So you're saying he's invisible and he just wears hair over top? No, no, no. That's cousin it. I'm talking about oh, thing. Okay. The hand. Oh yeah, thing. Oh the mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. If all you're seeing is the hand, maybe he's yep. a young boy. Maybe. So it does here say here that they invite both natives and foreigners to the feasts. So interesting. Also, the very kind of underground civilization type situation here. You know, they come out at night. You know, dance in the moonlight, have a big feast. So. Freaks come out at night, dancing in the moonlight. We got it all. <laughs> all the Fae do that, Josh. But thank you for what is a truncated course on Fae around the world, man. And we oh, will yeah. have to revisit this again and really dig deep and, and hear some more from other countries. We didn't even get them in South, South, like South America or even. Yep. South America. Egypt we didn't get into. And there's a lot of other native American ones that I really mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I, I, like I looked down and I was like, oh, I've got 13 pages, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. um, but thank you guys so much, man, for tuning in. We love having you guys uh, just paying attention. If you've got any cool Fae from around the world that you want us to know about, please comment or send us an email or anything like that. You can always email us any leads or any information at contact at theconvergenceenigma.com. Once again, big shout out to the uh, the X here, UNX, UNX Network. Go to unxnetwork.com and make sure to check us out at theconvergenceenigma.com. My name is Stefan, and uh, just a reminder, keep your eyes on the skies. And this has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, never stop questioning. Never stop seeking. Good night, everybody. Good night.